0: In a series called Back to Normal with a question mark, uh, because really what is normal? And I would imagine for some of you, there are some things you don't want to go back to uh, that were normal. Maybe it was different relationships. Maybe it was... Uh, your perspective on life, how you spent your time, how you spent your finances, all those things. And maybe going back to normal is something you don't want to do. Maybe for some of you, going back to normal is something you're really, really looking forward to. I love to eat out at restaurants. And so the fact that they're even open a little bit uh, in California is like super, I'm like, I don't, I, I'm immature. I'm like giddy about it. I, I went with a friend of mine. Uh, we went to a Korean restaurant. He's Korean. And, uh, and uh, it's so funny because I'm like, do you speak Korean? He's like, no. And then we go and then he just speaks like Korean to the waitress like the whole time. And I'm like, what? And he's like, no, my mom says I don't speak Korean. I'm like, well, those are other issues. But um, like we, I, we got to eat at a rest, an actual restaurant and, and an actual booth. And so that was, I was really, really happy about that. So, um, so that's one thing that's back to normal. Uh, we've been talking to a bunch of different people about what back to normal looks like for them. And for them, uh, a lot of them, they don't want to use their time the same way they used their time uh, before the pandemic. How busy they were. And we're going to be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. Probably in two weeks. We'll be talking about how we navigate using our time. This morning, I want to talk about um, something about back to normal. What does church look like? And more importantly, what does your role look like in church? So for those of you who are online, you can't see, but we actually have people here. And that's a little bit getting back to normal. And over time, they're waving now at me to distract me, which is not going to work. I'm a professional. Um, No. And so uh, it's great. It's great to be distracted by people. I remember when we first started uh we when the pandemic first hit um all i had was a camera and i had never like spent a sermon just talking in front of a camera and it was super weird and i didn't know who was on the other side of the camera and all these different things and so just to have people in the sanctuary is like really awesome is that what, is that what, what church is? Uh, Pastor Michelle, who got ordained yesterday, by the way. So uh, she is, um, we now call her the Most Holy Reverend Michelle. That's her new, t- it was her idea. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just John. She wanted to be the Most Holy Reverend. No, she doesn't. But she's actually preaching at another church uh, up north. So we're really excited about that. And we'll, don't tell her, um, But we'll celebrate that uh, next week. So we'll give her something that she can... uh take with her uh, into her next journey of ministry, which is, uh, if any of you have been in ministry for quite some time, you know it is a long journey made of many, many different steps. And so we're excited about that for her. But what I want to talk about this morning is back to normal as far as you and I are concerned of what does it mean to, ha- to use your gifts for the church as we've been apart. I've had lots of different people tell me lots of different things about what they miss about gathering, what they miss about the church, what they miss about uh, the things the way they were normal. And hardly anyone says, man, I really want to get back to serving, <laughs> right? I've heard, I want to get back to this service, this service. I miss singing with everybody. I miss this and I miss that. Hardly anyone says, uh, I, I really haven't been able to serve in the way that I can. Now, some of you have, so don't tell me, John, we had that conversation. I know, I, I get it. But I had one um, thing, they, they, they won't hear this, so it's okay. And even if they do, it's not. It's okay. Um, but they sent me this email about how they were upset that we weren't meeting. This was back when it was, you know, really, like when it was really high pandemic rate. Really, that we weren't meeting uh, because they, they, they were just upset that we weren't meeting. And I'm like, I hadn't seen that guy for like a long time. And so uh, we fill out connection cards here, which you should fill out. They're in front of your seat every week. You got to fill one of those out, put it in the box in the back. And if you're online, click that link and fill out your connection card. We want to hear from you and we also want to pray for you. But um, so, so, you know, we track attendance because we want to make sure people aren't left through the cracks, and so I went back, and even before the pandemic, he hadn't been to our church in three months, (laughs) and it's like, well, you didn't miss not meeting for three months. I mean, whether we go another three months, who really cares, but but that's just the thing. That was his idea. That was his idea. Church should be there so that when I want to go to church, I can go to church, and so back to normal for you might be, you provide a service that I can go consume, and that service should have the elements in it that I want, so that I feel good, uh, so that I can come, feel good, or for some of us, I want to go, hear the Bible, feel bad about myself, and then that makes me feel like I'm really spiritual, and then I'll leave. and so whatever it is you provide, you provide that and then I'll decide whether or not it was meeting my needs, if I got fed, if I got this, how was the worship, was it too loud, too soft, too many people, too less people, all this kind of stuff. What I want to do is flip the script a little bit and talk about you a little bit and talk about me as well, because I'm guilty, as guilty, if not more than you. I judge Sunday morning services 20 times harsher than you, I guarantee it, right? But is that church? Is that what that is all about? So we're going to look at a church that was kind of chaotic um, back in the day. Uh, It's a church in Corinth. And um, basically, Corinth was a um, really progressive city. And they had lots of pagan gods. And so people took their paganness... And when they uh, found Jesus and they um, wanted to be followers of Jesus, they started gathering like we all do from all sorts of different backgrounds and started bringing their little flavor and their thing of what they wanted to see at a church service and how um, you were people were valued. They had a certain way of valuing people that turned out to have problems, as we'll see. Anytime you place different people on different levels of value, you are outside the scope of the scriptures. You're outside of the scope of Jesus. And so this is one of the things Paul is talking about to the church in Corinth. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you're following along on your mobile device or if you actually have a dead tree Bible, you can use that as well. I'm married to someone who loves a Bible, right? I've like, now I'm like, if I don't have a device, it's like, well, how do you find stuff? She's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you be a Christian first. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And so we're going to look in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit. So for those of you who've been around church for a long time, we talk about the gifts of the Spirit. You can take online gifts of the Spirit tests whatever. Uh, You can do all this kind of stuff. But when I say gifts of the Spirit, you might be thinking a certain way. Oh yeah, there's nine gifts. There's 12 gifts. There's 13 gifts. There's all this kind of stuff. This actual Greek word for gifts right here isn't gifts the way it's said in Ephesians and in Romans, which is actually charisma is the actual name of gifts in in that in that section of scripture. That's where we get the word charismatic. Are you charismatic? That means you have all the charisma. You have all the gifts and all those different things. This basically is one word, gifts of the spirit. And it's basically a, a, about things concerning the spirit of God, spiritual things, spiritual people. Now later on, he, he talks about some offices of, of, of the church. But basically, he's saying about about spiritual things, I don't want you to be unaware. You come from these different pagan gods. You come from these different places. I want to tell you what it's going to look like as a community of followers of Jesus, is basically what he's saying. I don't want you to be uninformed. Now, another just quick thing. We are going to go through 31 verses this morning. So if you're wearing a belt Cinch it up, baby, because we're going after it, okay? 30, 31 verses. There are a few I'll, I'll combine together to make it uh, palatable for you if, you're, if you think that's too many. But you know that when you were pagan, somehow or another you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. In other words, we are all susceptible to tr- getting this idea of what it should be, Right? These gods, these idols, these different things, what what is spiritual things? What do they actually look like? What are they supposed to do? How do they manifest themselves in the community of God? You know that when you were pagan, somehow you were uh, influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now just so we're clear this is not this is the most basic test of spiritual things okay. I actually had a friend in college this is a true story he read this verse and he said oh So I can't say Jesus is Lord unless it's by the Holy Spirit. So every decision I make, if I can end it with Jesus is Lord, then I know that the Holy Spirit says it's okay. So he would say, God, should I go out on this date? Jesus is Lord. Oh, okay. I was able to say Jesus is Lord. So therefore the Holy Spirit. Okay. If you get anything from this sermon, eh, that's that's. Horrible theology, okay? That's not how we make decisions. Okay, we'll get to decision-making at some other series, but you don't just end a sentence with Jesus is Lord and go, you know, because watch this. Can I rob a bank, Jesus is Lord? Hey, I guess I can, right? I did it. Okay, there you go. No, that's not what he's talking about. Here's what he's saying. Concerning spiritual things, you were led astray by idols. Spiritual things have to do with Jesus, Spiritual things have to do with the following of Jesus. Spiritual things have to do with the promotion of Jesus. Spiritual things have to do with guiding people towards Jesus. That's his point. Concerning spiritual things, they're about Jesus. Okay? So that's what he's saying. You can't say it except by the Holy Spirit. And just so we're, just as a little side note, um, if you wonder where we come up with the, tri- uh, the Trinity theology, the idea that it's Father, Son and Holy Spirit, it's with verses like this that you have the spirit of God and Jesus, and you'll see it in the next one. We have God, uh, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. When we take communion later on today. We will say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. Don't ask me to explain it. It's above my pay grade. But it's our theology. Now, there are different kinds of gifts, charisma, different kinds of workings of the Holy Spirit, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, But the same Lord. These are not worship services. This is actual work. This is actual how does your relationship with Jesus manifest itself towards others. You have certain gifts. Every single one of you. Everyone has certain kinds of gifts. They were all distributed to you. By the Holy Spirit. Now you might say to yourself, Wow man, I just became a Christian yesterday. Like we haven't even had the gifts talk with Jesus yet. I just, I'm just, I just asked him to forgive me of my sin, and I want to follow him, and I'm just taking a little tiny baby step. Ah, too bad. You were distributed gifts. And they probably line up with your personality, and they probably have lots to do with your family of origin and how you were shaped. God has had a a part of that process and God is going to use how you're shaped no matter how damaged, no matter how different, no matter what your education is. We're going to see this in a little bit. No matter what, what color your paint job is, no matter what your gender is, no matter what your education is, your socioeconomic status, it has no bearing on the importance of the fact that God the Holy Spirit himself has distributed gifts to you. It's kind of exciting, if I don't say so myself. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of what? Working. Working. Not learning. <laughs> That's not why we're together. It's a part of it. Good for us. Learning. We want to learn. want to learn the Bible. want to learn lots of stuff. Working. Service, action, distribution of gifts, being used. But in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at what? Work. This is so exciting because when I go back to normal, when church becomes kind of the, the, way, the way, and maybe it will never look the same way it is, I want to see the work of God, don't you? Don't you want to see people coming to know Jesus? Don't you want to see people fed? Don't you want to see areas of justice be healed? Don't you want to see systems that have been in place be dismantled to some extent and just see justice? Of course you do. Of course you do. Why? Because God is at work in you. And he's distributed gifts to you. Gifts that are to be used, to be exercised. One of the problems with the pandemic we've had is that we've been isolated. We were never, ever designed in the image of God. We were never designed to be isolated. As a matter of fact, when we were first designed, God just created Adam, and I don't know how it all went down, but it went down. And at one point, he just says, This isn't good. He says all these things, creates the oceans. Ah, it's good, creates birds. Yeah, birds are cool. That's good, that's good, that's good, that's good, that's good. good. And then all of a sudden he says it's not good. And what is it's not good? For someone to be alone. That's been our pandemic. When I go back to normal, it's not just so that we can get together and go, how full can the church get? That's small. God is doing work. God is at work at you, and then He says this amazing thing: amazing. Now, to each one, every single one, every single one of you watching online, to each one, all of you, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Wait, you saved John. John, John. You should. I didn't tell anyone about my week. I said some words this week that if you knew the words I said, uh, that disqualifies me. (laughs) To each one, a manifestation has been given. Do you know why? For the common good. Not so that now you have a bunch of gifts and now look at me, I'm super spiritual, I'm super holy, I'm this, I'm that, I'm super learned, I know the word of God, I can rightly divide the word of truth, those things are all important, uh, but it's for the common good. In other words, you have a manifestation of the spirit that must be used for others. It must be. And so church service right here, my job, my job, just so you know, is not to preach amazing sermons. (laughs) Well, it's not just my, okay, no, I'm joking, right? That's not, that's not my job. My job is to equip the saints for works of service. It's in the Bible. Trust me. That's my job. My job is to equip the saints for works of service. Brody, who led us in worship, amazing. His job is not just to sing like an angel, which he did. It is to help equip us for works of service, to bring the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, to where we join together as one, whether we're at home or we're here, and we join our voices together and say, it is upon the name of Jesus that we all stand. And we have all been given a manifestation for the common good. A manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now he goes through a bunch of different lists and we get caught up on lists because we, we think Western and we always think in terms of, you know, we don't, we just, this is the way we think. So I wrote them down, but I don't want us to get too caught up in them. Uh, to the one there is given through the Spirit, okay, through the Spirit, a message of wisdom, Okay, this isn't the gift of wisdom, it's just a message of wisdom. You've, maybe you've experienced this yourself, where you're talking to somebody, and you're like, I think I know the answer to that. I think this person, it's not about this, it's something deeper. And you just mention it, and they go, wow, that's exactly what it is. You were just given a message of wisdom through the Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation. That word in the Greek just means an appearance, The Holy Spirit appeared through you. Isn't that exciting? It's amazing. Got some other things a message of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits. Speaking in different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, this list is a pretty, if you look at it, it's a pretty heavy list, right? I mean, you might think to yourself, oh, gee, I've never had gifts of healing like given to me. Maybe you have. Again, our church, just so we're clear, the theology of our denomination, the free Methodist theology, is that all the gifts are for today, right? So we believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in prophecy. We believe in healing. We believe in miraculous power, all those different things. Now, how they manifest themselves is up to the Holy Spirit, not up to us. We can't force these things. All these are at, uh, all these are the what? Work of one and the same Spirit. See, when we get back to normal, whatever that is, yeah, it'll be church on Sunday mornings. Probably at the same bat time in the same bat channel. And that's all great. But don't you want to see a work of the Holy Spirit? It's going to start with us manifesting the, the gifts that have been distributed to us. Each one, just as he determines. So he determines it. You can't force it. You can't. Whip yourself up into a frenzy over it. This is just the way God distributes it. Now, he goes on to this, and he starts this really neat idea of us as a body, as an actual body. And if you think about your body, you just think about all the different parts of your body that make you, you. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, But all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. Now, again, I'm just talking to Christians who've been Christians for a long time. When you see baptism of the Holy Spirit, it can mean a lot of things to you, based on your denomination of origin or however you were saved. Some people think baptism of the Holy Spirit is you're slain in the Spirit, which just means you've... Fall back, and um, you might think that baptized. You might think, oh, if you can speak in tongues, you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. If you got some special gift, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Okay, just so we're clear at what baptism actually means in the Greek, it means immersed. Okay, if you got a Greek recipe for pickles back in the day, okay, you're just reading the recipe. What do you need? I need uh, cucumbers. I need a jar. I need vinegar. Okay, what do I do? You baptize the cucumbers. That's the Greek word for baptism. It just means to submerge, to immerse. So, let's read it again, just so we're clear. For we are all immersed by one spirit. When we accept Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. We receive these gifts that are distributed by him for work, for service. For what? The common good. So it is with Christ. Christ is one body. You are the body of Christ. You don't go to church. You are the church. You're it. Whether you're watching online or you're here, you're the church. It's us, guys. This is it said, so There's no other way to do church but to take the empowerment, the submersion of the Spirit, the gifts that he has distributed as he sees fit, and to put them into practice. That's church. That's church. We form one body. Now, this is so fantastic because what, what Paul does as you can see here, and he's going to go farther into this, it's all about unity, right? My body, whether it likes it or not, is, is unified. There's nothing that it can do. Like my arm can't all of a sudden just go, this is lame. I'm out. And just like off it goes, you know. That's how an arm, if you severed it, that's how it would get away. It would just, all it has is a hand. It would go across the thing. It can't do that. Do you know what is the most beautiful thing about unity? Diversity. That's what makes unity so beautiful. Unity of just like A hundred marbles together, just being in a jar of marbles, is not really that great. They're all marbles. What makes unity amazing is diversity. The fact that my body functions as one thing when it's all sorts of different things. That my finger, when I move my finger, it's not only just my finger, it's ligaments that are attached. It's bones that are attached. It's muscles that are attached. It's an electric, this is blow your mind. It's an electrical stimuli from my brain that tells my finger to do this. And it does it. My brain and my finger are entirely different. And you say, well, John, how is the body of Christ unified and diverse? I'm glad you asked. It's in verse 13. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one spirit to drink. Whether you are black, white, Hispanic, Asian, poor, rich, educated, not educated, you own a business, you work for someone who owns a business, it just doesn't matter. The beauty of the church should be that it's unified within its diversity. And it's hard. It's really hard. One of the things I'm proud of at Living Spring, at least this is what I tell other pastors, if it's not true, just keep it to yourself, is that I know where most of you are politically, okay? And you're split down the middle, Don't look at the other person and be like, I knew it, okay? You live with them, okay? You should know that by, no, I'm kidding, right? Is that we have people on the right and people on the left or all of that. Here's what I love about Living in Spring. And you can post whatever you want on social media, fine. Don't. Anyway, (laughs) my point is this. Jesus is above all of that. And you guys get that. And so when you have someone who's kind of leans towards a certain way or leans towards another kind of way, you look at it through the filter of Jesus. I can understand why that person would lean towards that way. There's a part of Jesus that kind of leans towards that way. Oh, I understand why the person is this way. Because our church isn't about getting the right people in office. It's about unity through diversity. And so was Paul trying to get the church in Corinth. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. We have to have these different perspectives. We have to be able to listen to each other. We have to be able to say, look, this is... this." Justice issue is on my heart. And then another person says, well, man, I, didn't, I wasn't even a part of that. That was back in the day, and I didn't know anything about it. It doesn't matter. We just all come together, and we go, how is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in my life there for the common good? Again, you've heard me say it before. Do I want to be right, or do I want to get it right? The Church of Jesus Christ is here to get it right, not to be right. Even so, the body is not made up of one part. Okay, so, I want to talk to those of you who might be just brand new Christians, or maybe you're just thinking about it, or maybe you're watching online, and you're like, okay, I'm totally new to the Bible, and you're kind of freaking me out. I don't even know anything. I want to talk to you, because Paul talks to you first, okay? Those of you who don't think you're worthy enough, here's what he says. Now, the foot, now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand... I do not belong to the body. Like, maybe you've met people like that. Ah, I just got into recovery. I'm not part of the body. You have so much to offer the body of Christ. It has nothing to do with how long you've been a Christian. Did you notice that? To each one has been given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, depending on how long you've been a Christian and how many verses you've memorized. Didn't say that. Didn't say that. To each one has been given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good, depending on your understanding and, you know, making sure that you've been through theological training. Who's more important? So my wife was going to be in the nursery working with the nursery kids this morning. Who's more important, me as the pastor or someone working in the nursery? Well, that, it's a trick question, me. No, uh, no, of course not. It's the kingdom. See, the kingdom of God doesn't have hierarchies. Jesus doesn't care about me being a pastor. He cares about me being holy. He cares about me being faithful. The same thing he cares about me, he cares about you. With the gift he's given you. It makes no difference. You can't say I don't belong to the body because I'm not a hand. I'm not high up. That is all worldly thinking. Who's in the hierarchy? Where do I fit? Where's my value? Your value is that you were created in the image of God who loved you so much he sent his son to die for you. So that he can spend eternity with you. That's your value. That's where you get it. It would not be, stop being part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? (laughs) Every time I read this, I always think of uh, Monsters, Inc., the one that was just the eye. Is that Mike? No, Mike was the, I don't know who it was. Who, Who was it? The big eye. Sully. Mike. Mike? It was Mike. Okay, yeah, it was Mike. See, this is why it's awesome to have people in the sanctuary, because I get stuff back. Half of them were wrong, but they were able to get it. It was Mike, right? So I always think of Mike, the eye, right? Okay. Where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an here, where would the sense of smell be? In other words, you can kind of see where Paul's going. Everybody's important. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body every one of them. You, 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 you. you. Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If you are a follower of Jesus, whether it's been a day, whether it's been decades, God has a place for you in the body of Christ, and you're important. And as we gather or as we get back to normal or as we kind of get on with our life, one of the things we're going to have to ask ourselves is where does he place me? What is he requiring me to do? We're going to get to a little bit of ideas in just a bit. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Now we go the other way. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Okay, so now I'm talking to People who have maybe been a Christian for a longer time that think they've arrived. I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Let me tell you something right now. Because some of you heard this wrong. Because you missed seem to be. Not those parts of the body that are weaker. It doesn't say that that seem to be weaker but they're not weaker is the whole point that Paul is trying to make. That you are important, you are just as important as I am, you are just as important as Brody is and while she's amazing and is ordained and should be honored above all, she is not valued above all. Michelle, right? It's just part of her way of, of being part of the same body, the same thing. Those who seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together. Isn't this amazing? Giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division. Unity through diversity. This is why we say at Living Spring, I don't care who you are, I don't care what your past is, I don't care where you are, if you walk through those doors, you can belong before you believe because we want you to be changed. Its parts should have equal concern for each other. Isn't that beautiful? If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices in it. One of the things that, uh, and again, because everything now has become so political, it's like everything you mentioned has a right and a left side of it. But one of the things that I have appreciated about the last year is the ability, hopefully, for us to be able to listen to people of color, right? And to not go, well, I didn't, Yeah. You know, so just so you guys know, I'm, I'm white, Okay, so I try to keep it hidden, but I'm white. So I could easily say, hey, my, I, have, I have people in my past who fought in the Civil War on the right side. Good for me. Am I listening? Am I suffering with those who suffer? Or am I just trying to be right? One of the things I've appreciated over the last year is just being able to listen Not to be right or pick a side or whatever. There are people who are going through life different than you. And the church of Jesus Christ is one that is unity through diversity. And it's beautiful. And so we suffer with those who suffer. We honor uh, those who are honored. We rejoice with those who rejoice. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it just before we sing this next song. You can keep playing. Brody, thank you so much. He goes on and he mentions a bunch of gifts and a bunch of positions. All right, some are called apostles, some are called pastors, teachers. and Those are all great. Those are all great. And if you want to read some other gifts, uh, encouragement is one, gifts of service is another. There's just many, many, many. Just However you're shaped, a ba- basically God can use you in the body, But he goes through all those things. He gets done and he ends with a really confusing thing because he says, seek the greater gifts. And you're like, Paul, doesn't that just turn everything you just said on its head? Like you just said greater gifts. And uh, so some scholars think he was being sarcastic or whatever. And so you read the very next thing he says. In other words, I'm going to show you the most excellent way. And he goes on to chapter 13, which is about if I can speak with the tongues of men and of angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have faith to move mountains, I'm nothing if I don't have love. He ends thirteen or chapter, uh, verse 13 of this. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love, and every one of us can bring that to the table. Amen? If you guys want to stand for the blessing, I wanted to just give you one quick thing. Because um, you might be saying, hey, okay, John is great, um, I still don't really know what my gifts are or whatever. I just wanted to give you a quick list of things. And this is whether you think you're great, <laughs> like you're an awesome part of the body, like you're a brain or a, you know, whatever. Or you think you're just like a spleen or something. I don't know. Here's just some things you can do. You can call someone and encourage them. I don't care if you're the pastor or you're You just came to Christ yesterday you can call someone and encourage them you can write a note remember it's for the common good you just write them a note hey you can and I'll I'll even I'll even let you text okay or dm them I don't care you can listen (laughs) maybe some of you can't but try you can be quiet you can listen to their story You can help pass out food this Thursday if you want. You can volunteer at church or anywhere else. Um, You can spend time with other, someone totally different than you. You can read your Bible. You say, John, how does that help? Well, the more you know, the more you are working on you, the healthier part of the body you're going to be. And then, probably most importantly, why don't you ask the Lord? He's the one who distributed the gifts, right? So why don't you ask him, God, what would you have me do this week? What can I do this week for the common good? And now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his peace, in his love, in his wholeness. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Have a great week and we will see you next Sunday.